In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Hey, well, happy Easter. Do you know it has been three years since we've actually had people in the pews at Easter? Three years. I'm so glad to see you all. Happy Easter. Yes. Today we remember that very first Easter, that very first Easter when people were going to the tomb, women who were friends of Jesus going to the tomb in order to anoint his body to care for their friend they had just lost a few days earlier. And when they approached the tomb, the stone was rolled away and the tomb was empty and they were stunned, scared even. And two men in dazzling white said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Remember what he told you? He is risen. And then, then they remembered. Now I imagine on that first Easter that we might think that the disciples were all very excited about Jesus having risen. But to be honest, going there and seeing the empty tomb and seeing that their friend's body is gone freaked them out. Those disciples were not really expecting that. Yes, he had talked about some stuff, but literally, really, his body would be gone. That was probably a stunner. I imagine that the disciples were missing their friend. They were sad that he had died, but they were kind of going back and they were getting ready in their mind to go back to their old way of life. You know, they had followed Jesus for a couple years. He was really good. He taught some good stuff and he healed and he performed some miracles and he drew a lot of attention. And that couple years, that was nice. But now it was back to the boats, back to fishing, back to their regular life. Until, of course, the tomb was empty. The tomb being empty. Jesus actually rising from the dead. Now that, that is a problem. That is the problem of Easter because the problem is now this is real. Now our lives are changed. We can't just go back to the stuff that we liked and the stuff that we knew. Our lives are changed forever. We know a bit about change. Our world has gone through a big shift over these last couple years. We have all changed our habits and our patterns. And sometimes those habits and those patterns have shifted and not for the better. The last few years have made it easier for us to exist in our own little silos, intellectual silos where we think and talk with people who are like us, and emotional silos where we have begun to close ourselves off from the experience of other people who are very different from us. And that was for a time just a survival technique. We were just surviving. Now, however, those patterns and those habits can ultimately be harmful for us moving forward. The world is not going back to the way it was. Now, we have to create new patterns, define ourselves in new ways. At its best, church is really here to help with that kind of definition and creating good habits and good patterns in our lives. Church at its best is a group of people who have decided that they all share a certain problem and they're seeking a certain solution together. See, the problem for us, most of us in this room, maybe all of us in this room, is that we're quite good at living life. We're pretty good at doing the things that the world says we're supposed to. We succeed more often than we fail. We achieve more often than we fail. And because we are pretty good at that, and because the world is so very good, we can be tempted to think 
that the way that the world defines who we are supposed to be is the best that there is. We can begin to believe that success is the point of our lives. We can begin to find that whatever the world defines us and measures us and critiques us is actually the most important. We can even begin to fear that we will run out, that we will not have enough. And so we begin to hoard and we begin to let that fear guide and control us. The solution, the solution to that problem is Jesus, is the empty tomb is triumph over death, pushing fear completely aside. Easter isn't new. The gospel isn't new. Love is not new. We come to church to remember what we have heard over and over again. The real problem is we forget that this is real. We come in days like this and we hear a good story and we might even feel a bit inspired and then we walk out those doors and it's back to real life. That, that is our problem. But the solution is right here in this room, yoking ourselves to one another, depending on one another to help remind us about the things that we are very good at forgetting. On a Saturday afternoon a few years ago, down in the Florida Panhandle in Panama City Beach, there's a woman named Roberta who was enjoying the beach with her family. She had just come in out of the water and like a good parent, she kind of turned around and she started looking out in the water at where her children were. And she realized that her kids were a little farther out than she remembered them being and a little farther down the beach. And so she thought she would have a nice calm moment. She wouldn't panic just yet. And so she started walking down the beach and as she was walking and listening, she started to hear them scream. They were stuck and the water was pulling them under. They were caught in a rip current. And people started hearing their screams and seeing Roberta and telling her not to go and get them. But of course she did. She had to try. And so she swam out to try and save them and her husband and her mother. And she got caught too. And they all got caught being pulled under the water while the people on the beach were yelling and pointing. And there was a young woman named Jessica who had been just lying in the sand, enjoying the sun and started to hear the screams, assumed it was a shark attack. But when she got up and she realized that people were out there drowning, she was not going to stand on the beach idly by. And so she grabbed a boogie board and she started yelling to people to form a chain. And she started swimming out in the water. And she swam out as people began to reach arm and arm out into the water. Well, when Jessica got out there, she realized Roberta and her family completely exhausted. They were swallowing water. They could barely stay above the surface. And so she started pulling them back and handing them to the people who had created this human chain all the way from the beach. In the end, more than 80 people had formed a human chain over a hundred yards long. And one by one, hand over hand, they pulled nine people who were stuck in that rip current to safety and all nine survived. Afterward, Jessica said, it was the most remarkable thing to see. These people who don't know each other trusted each other enough to get them to safety. Over and over again in scripture, Jesus says one thing, follow me. Now, Jesus did not expect that we would understand all of that. He did not expect his disciples to understand, and he does not expect us to understand everything, everything that faith is all about. 
He's not expecting us to be perfect. He's expecting us to follow, to try, to take that step. And when we try to actually grow and be transformed more and more, it is so easy for us to be in our own heads. It is so easy for us to live our own lives, to be in our own bubbles, to surround ourselves with people who think like us and look like us and talk like us. But that's not good enough. When the tomb is empty, that is not good enough. The problem of Easter is that Jesus rose. That tomb is now empty and we are called to be changed. The pandemic may have pushed us back, drawn us in, undone many good habits that we had, but now we have to get out of our bubbles. Now we have to get back together in complex and beautiful ways, just like today. Don't be stuck in some of the bad habits that we have created. Don't be satisfied with the way the world is. The tomb is empty and now the call is on us. And I acknowledge that it's easy to be afraid of the world. We've learned a lot more than we ever want to. We hear more stories than we ever care to. And it sure does seem scary out there. There are things that keep us up at night. There are ways in which we worry, pain that binds us inside. But here, what we are being offered is grace, love and healing and hope and true joy. It's about time that we embrace the all-powerful, grace-filled love of Christ in the resurrection. My friends, Jesus died and rose for us so that the tomb is now empty, so we get to go out and actually do what it is that Jesus is calling us to do, to have faith, faith that can break every chain and move every mountain and open every door. It's about time that we saw the empty tomb and decided to change our lives because the empty tomb means that we no longer have to be afraid of having enough. The empty tomb means that we can move confidently out into the world that can seem so scary and be with people regardless of who they are and where they're from. The empty tomb means that we can commit our lives in profoundly radical ways to becoming true disciples of Jesus. Do not make this the last time you are here. I see you. <laughs> Do not make this the last time you are here. In fact, Look around you, actually turn your heads. Look at the people who are around you. I know you see some people who you do not see here all the time. <laughs> I know. Do not let the people who are here go. We, we can be the chain that pulls people closer and closer to God. Coming here once in a while does not do it. We are being called to something better. You deserve something better. We can be the kind of community we all desperately need to help build us up, to help us cast away the fear, to help us be the people we were created to be, the people I hope we want to be. Jesus wants us to see the empty tomb and come out from the darkness and go out into the world and be the light. It's about time. It's about time we said yes. Happy Easter. Amen. <laughs>